The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're discussing whether you should push the consumption of your products and your lead magnets by email, or you should just leave the people the hell alone. This is from a conversation we had a little while ago with our friend Monica at our last Inbox conference. Now, speaking of that, the new Inbox conference is coming up very, very soon. It's actually happening at the end of June 2022, and we would love to invite you to join us for free. Previously, tickets and registration to this amazing conference were like $500, but this time we've decided to make it totally free. We're going to knock it out of the park. We're going to grow it massively, and we're going to turn this into the biggest online email marketing party you can imagine. That's right. I said email marketing party. That's a thing. We've got a whole bunch of incredible speakers, so much great stuff on the lineup so come and hang out as i said it's totally free you'll be able to register for free attend the entire thing it's all happening live hosted by kennedy and myself i nearly called him rob there hosted by kennedy and myself and i promise it's going to be lots of fun (laughs) he was once almost on a super famous british tv reality show it's comedy hypnotist robert temple and he has trained his cats to respond to a bell it's psychological mind reader kennedy Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I mean, who is the hypnotist here? You, what happens? You ring a bell and they came, they come running. Well, that basically, exactly it. I thought, well, people do it with dogs. There's that old psychological thing of Pavlov's dog of ringing a bell and the dogs came running. And I thought, we'll do that with a cat, and it means whenever we need their attention or get them into a room, we can ring the bell. So every time we feed them, ring a little bell. I was trying and to that. Th- all the receptionist turns up. I was trying to think of uh, Pavlov's name, and for some reason, all I could think of was Stifler from American Pie. I was thinking Stifler, oh, yeah. Stifler's, Stifler's dog, Stifler's dog, Stifler's dog has got it going. <laughs> Don't know where Stifler came from. It's a great film. Wow, though. have you been watching American Pie? Not since I was like fourteen. <laughs> we watched the new Scream film a little while ago and loved it. Um, tell us about this. Uh, this, I mean, I know what the show is. We're not going to mention what the TV show was. Mm. And what they actually asked you to do was quite quite unusual wasn't it yeah so they had a whole bunch of contestants as reality tv shows typically do from the general british public and they had this idea to secretly have a hypnotist go in undercover not as a real contestant but as like a i don't know what you'd call them like a like a like a a A mole a mole go in and secretly use hypnosis on people bear in mind this is a long time ago um this has got to be 15 years ago or something Mm -hmm. uh and so i'd only been doing it for a couple of years but this phone call came in and they wanted somebody who was younger and a bit more fresh and all the rest of it and uh we got quite far down the process and then it, it, they couldn't get it past compliance and legals and insurance and all of that stuff no and, shit and now you realize oh, what they wanted to hypnotize people without them knowing about it and all of that and you realize kind of why but it was an interesting idea uh so yes i was almost on it i would never have gone on it How, was i not being paid and hired to go on it but there you go there you go what, what a story there you go hello 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 we are a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks and we give course creators coaches and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology driven email marketing and be the email marketing hero of your business which basically means you make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing wednesday oh hang on a minute 
Yeah. Just because you got sound effects doesn't make it any more valid. Move on, please. Mate, it was your flipping idea. You were like, mate, we could up the production. And I said, what are we going to do? And you went, sound effects. And I was like, oh, that's, that'll up the production. I'm going to give great. you a budget of £43.99. pence. <laughs> you saw the Starling transaction go out yourself. I did. <laughs> Accounts department. Uh, by the way, if you haven't already, if you're brand new to the show, welcome. Hello. We are going to get on with some email marketing crack in a second. But if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on an episode of the show. I wish you'd hit the wow, wow one instead of the ah, because that would have been Aww. hilarious. Uh, as you're listening to this, um, we would love, 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 love to have you take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to or snap a little selfie, stick it on Instagram, tag us at Rob and Kennedy so we know that you're listening to this specific episode of the show. Tell us what your big takeaway is when we get to the end. You can't do that now. You've not heard it yet. <laughs> and if you can, flip an egg. I've got some gigs for you. <laughs> <laughs> your clients will be delighted, mate. Uh, they will be like, bloody hell, the quality of this has gone up. <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> It's not that same old drivel them three knob gags we usually have. Anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what they want. That's what they want these days. That's what they want. Uh, by the way, uh, what do you what do you all think of the new cover art for the show? Uh, we snuck it out there. We didn't do it like a big ta-da. We're just sort of starting to slowly roll out the whole visual rebrand that the team have been working on here at email marketing heroes hq it we couldn't do a big to dark because we don't have one button that will make it all go live at once so we're just running out bit by bit i'm in love with it man i think it looks gorgeous yes we've been asking for people's opinions and gathering data and all that kind of stuff before we picked the final ones and uh, you're going to see more and more of this as kennedy said we're ruling this out you're going to see more and more of the robin kennedy rebrand happening the email marketing heroes rebrand happening it's not all about us you know um happening over the coming few weeks and months so keep your eye out for it and again we'd love your feedback as we go yeah, so what we wanted to do is we really wanted to share this conversation with you that we had with our friend Monica, who is another email marketing genius. She's really good at like funnels and all that sort of amazing stuff, ads. I mean, she's so analytical. It's, it's unbelievable. And what we wanted to talk about is this idea of consumption emails. When somebody opts in for your free thing or when they buy something from you, should you spend time turning up at their email door going, hey, you should go and consume it. Hey, you should go and use it. Or is that just getting in the way? Does it help them? Or does it just get in the way? And um, one of the, my favorite things is right near the end of this conversation. By the way, this conversation is taken from um, a past event of ours uh, called, called Inbox, which we talked about at the top of the show today. And uh, this is just a little recording from one of the discussions we had during one of the little sessions. We had a, a panel discussion about the three of us. And I think you're going to really like it because one of the things that Monica ends up revealing at the very end, which is really, really interesting, which we didn't ask her to share, was a whole bunch of data points that she collects on every single one of her subscribers. And there's a bunch of stuff that even we aren't recording, and it is quite amazing. So that's right near the end of this interview. So are we going to send people emails that encourage them to go and consume the stuff that, they ha- that they've bought or opted in for? Now, there's a really nice romantic opinion and view that if somebody takes the time to consume our stuff, use it, and get results, that they are more likely to go and buy something else later on further down the line. Now, for the, for quite a while in our business, we didn't. We just said somebody came in, they bought a thing, and actually as soon as the next day, we put them into a campaign to sell them our next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and our first probably dip into the idea of doing consumption 
was to was to try and get free subscribers to go and look at the free thing they opted in for. And actually for me personally, that was less about getting them to look at the thing. It was more about getting them to click a link. I didn't really care how far through the process of looking at the thing they got. What I really cared about was them clicking a link and just at least subconsciously engaging with us as a brand through clicking rather than just consuming relatively blindly. So I've always been of the opinion, and that's why I'm interested in the discussion, that to a large extent, putting stuff in between them buying today, whether a rabid, avid, happy to buy buyer, and buying the next thing, which is their next step, is potentially a waste of time. And I would back that up by saying that um, we cannot trust our subscri- our customers, unfortunately, and this is, again, a controversial viewpoint, but we can't trust our customers to actually implement, even if they study, to implement the stuff and get a result because the onus is on them to go and do it. And most people just don't in any, in any business, whatever you sell, whatever you teach, most people never use the thing. Um, the ones who do are the ones who get the results, but most people never do. And therefore you might actually just be waiting forever for that person to get to the point where they've consumed some stuff. Now, controversial viewpoint. And I, I realize there's some lovely arguments against that, but um, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the, my thought processes on it. Monica, what what do you think about this? Well, I actually disagree. I think that we should have people consuming our products and that we part of our job as course creators and as teachers and information givers is to make sure that we are providing that information. So sorry, Rob, to disagree with you, but I, part right. of our job is to like make sure that they are doing what they should be doing with that information. However, I don't disagree with the fact that they need the next thing to buy. So I actually combine that sequence so like my consumption leads straight into a sale so i'm a little bit of both that's interesting and i should say just to add to my viewpoint i think um part of my problem is that we have in past businesses and past things found ourselves bashing our heads against a brick wall trying to get people to consume stuff and i reached the very cynical viewpoint of you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink and actually just try and and i and i think i am a very cynical buyer as well because when i buy stuff i'll unsubscribe if they try and heavily force me to consume it because i'm not really that interested i'm the guy who gets the table puts it together wrong because i won't read the instructions and then the legs are on the top of the table and then you post on on your instagram going oh this is not very good (laughs) (laughs) so because it irritates me when i'm forced to consume something on somebody else's time frame that's one of the, that's one of my reasons against it. Having said that, there are definitely some places I think consumption is important, and therefore I think we'll come on to that in a bit. Kennedy. Yeah, I mean, for me, I really like the idea. I really like doing consumption because I think it does a few things. One, it it's less aggressive than the sort of older way of going. Right, I've got you in now. Where's your wallet? No, don't don't sit down. You haven't got time for that. You can't get your wallet out of your pocket very easily if you haven't. If you sat down, you need to stand up because you can get your wallet out. Uh, I feel a bit like that. I also feel like if they consume your thing, which they were at that moment um, very excited, excited enough to maybe opt in for free or or buy the the low ticket thing or the heck the high ticket thing, if you help them consume that. Um, they will get to experience how good your stuff is. They'll be more likely to buy future stuff. But also, the way we do consumption in, in across our stuff, uh, and the way we teach it, I guess, is, for that reason, is we teach it in a way that just the emails themselves 
tell people how good the thing was, despite whether they go and look at the thing or not. Because there are some people, because the number of people who opt in for free stuff and then don't don't even access it at all is, is astronomically high. In the world in general, I don't know if it is, is high or low in our business across things, I don't really compare ourselves that way. But for me, if they can say, ooh, on page 32, maybe not as like direct as this, but like, you know, 32 minutes in, in, into our complete daily email strategy course, we give you the... Uh, the nine different types of value you can use in every single email. Oh, great. So when I want that, I know it's good. Therefore, I know their stuff is good. So when I, when they make me an offer about another thing that might be good, I know that they that there's good stuff inside. So that's one thing. And the other bit of it, um, I'm sort of blathering on a bit now, but that's kind of what I tend to do, um, is if we can get people and encourage people to go and log into like your members area to go and access the thing then they get to see maybe your other products and they get to sort of experience what it's like to be in your world rather than being an outsider but similarly I totally get Rob's perspective and it's it's why why it's a panel discussion and not like a this is what we should all do um about let's you know, let's let's, let's offer them the next thing. I'm interested in, Monica. Obviously, we're going to be you're going to be talking later about acquiring customers, uh, acquiring customers, subscribers as customers. Do you do a lot of free lead gen as well, or are you entirely focused on on paid customer acquisition? I do both. So I consistently run traffic to both free and paid offers. Great. So that brings me on to my question to pose to you, which is: Do you treat those differently in, from a consumption perspective? Um, the free people versus the paid people in terms of trying to get them to consume the free thing and consume the paid thing? Or do you like have the same approach to it? I do actually. So for the free thing, I actually don't try to get them to consume necessarily. I try to get them to reply to me and tell me their biggest pain point so that I can use that language in marketing and I can use that language and like see if I can help them. So I actually have a a follow-up email that happens like 98 minutes specifically actually right after my welcome, like, here's the thing email. And I'm like, Hey, did you get it? Like, tell me what you thought. And I just assume that they looked at it. Right. So that assumption usually prompts people to go look at it and then they'll reply and tell me things. Not obviously not everyone. Um, but that's how I treat free freebie things, right? Like free subscriber things for my paid course. That is the low ticket offer. I do a five email consumption sequence before I start pitching them on the next thing. Um, and it's, I think it's seven days I'd have to double check because it's been in play for a while. Um, But yeah, so I try to get them to consume. And what I really am doing there is setting their expectations because I find that a lot of times course creators like, like, here's the thing and this is what you should do. And, you know, it's all really fast. And so I just try to make sure that they have some good expectations around how long things take and where they're going to hit roadblocks. And I'm more like managing their mental state in those consumption emails than I am saying like, hey, like, uh, you know, on page or on video five, like minute four, I'm dropping like a knowledge bomb. Have you seen it yet? So um, that's what I found has worked best for my audience. That makes a lot of sense. It does. So what? So what are we? Try, I think it all kind of comes down to then. Like it's almost like what are you trying to get to happen? Because I think one of the things we all have to do is is train our subscribers. Like because different Facebook groups 
expect different things from you. Some some Facebook groups, people flip and go live every freaking day, talking about a thing. And some, um, and the same thing with kind of, where others, it's just the leader of the group talking about stuff. And other groups, you're not allowed to post it. You know, there's all these different lists and these different um, groups, I should say, with different expectations. And your email list is it's pretty much the same. Like, there's some people's emails where you can expect to, like, get a newsletter of the latest industry updates on a Friday, and that's what you get. And there's no need to reply, engage, click, whatever, because that's their kind of role and position in your life. Whereas there's some people where you know you should, you, you want to reply because they're asking for it or it's a very opinionated piece or, or whatever it's going to be. Um, or they're handling an objection in that email. Hey, what's your, why haven't you joined my program yet is, is an email that we, um, we, we've used and seen people use. Um, so that, that's really interesting. I'm interested, pe- folks in the chat who are here with us live, um, which is almost 100 people with us live, which is awesome. Um, thanks for being here. Um, would you um, just tell us what kind of, what are your thoughts? Like, both both as a business like as a business do you want to like help people consume the thing they've just bought from you um or the other thing they've just opted in for as a free lead magnet we we once spoke to somebody um in the early days of our podcast the email marketing show about um if if somebody doesn't consume like click to go download the freebie within x number of days 30 60 days something like that he literally just deletes them off his list and i'm like wow that's a, that's amazing like to have that bravery around that that's quite amazing um drew's saying you can lead a horse to water absolutely but how long do you do that for before you go do you know what it is they might just need a sexier thing um robert Hi, Robert. Uh, we want to get them results. Need to take action or results aren't going to happen. Yep, yeah, I, I, I hear that as well. For guys, feel free to chime in. I'm just reading out the chat right now if you've got what to say. <laughs> uh, the correct answer from expert has been both. Uh, do it all is best. Uh, Mark, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go. I'm only, It's hard to do both. Like, it's hard to just do consumption 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 and sale 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 but you could you could probably do like a middle ground that's an interesting idea i definitely think that one of the benefits that we found is is definitely in pushing people into our members area so we took our free stuff put it into a members area and then we push consumption of the free stuff inside the members area people have to log into their free account and then you you what you can't help but sort of click on well you land on the courses page where there's all these locked courses um and that definitely, because we track it all through UTM parameters and everything, that definitely tracks everything. So I think uh, I think that's definitely worthwhile because we see a lot of sales coming in from doing things that way. We're pulling them back the curtain here, folks, exposing what goes on. Um, so I think that's I think there's definitely value in there. But again, for me, I'm I'm personally more interested in having them click and end up looking at stuff rather than click and look at the thing they specifically opted in for or specifically bought from, which I think is a, a controversial viewpoint, like I said, but I do think it's it's interesting. Now, there is a place where I totally, totally do a backflip on this, and that's membership. So obviously, you know, Neil was here before talking about retention and all the other important metrics that come associated with having a membership. All of my opinions I've stated are only valid if it's a one-time thing that's like thirty dollars. Where there's, you know, um, most most people would just buy it and be happy and look at it and go, "That's okay," and they look at it in their own time. With membership, though, where you need where where the sale doesn't finish when they put their credit card details in, it begins. Uh, then, of course, consumption varies. Uh, consumption is totally different from that perspective, um, and so we do lots of stuff there, which is interesting. 
Yeah, um, yeah, that's really interesting. Monica, have you got any more thoughts you want to share? Actually, yeah, I want to. I want to bring to the discussion something that Moore said. She said she doesn't want to nag people. And I am curious to see what your guys' thoughts are on if those kinds of emails are nagging or not, because I don't think that they are if they're well-written emails. I think any emails that are boring or bland or, you know, don't deserve a spot in my inbox, obviously I will be unsubscribing, but I think that your unsubscribe number is telling you if that's what people think. But what are your guys' yeah. thoughts on that? The way that I think about these emails is not like your first email is like, here's the thing. And here's, and and you want to resell them on the, because they've forgotten the moment they've put their, their email address in, you're probably saying something else on the next page, which means you've redirected their thoughts. You know, think of the psychological stack in people's heads here. And then by the time they go back to their email inbox, like a lot of stuff's happened in that time. So in that first email, you want to resell them on the benefit benefit of why they why they wanted that thing in the first place so that they're most likely to consume it then but then if your emails are just then showing up going have you downloaded that thing yet i know you haven't downloaded that thing yet did you really want that thing you should download it do you not care about this do you really you'll die if you don't download it like if it's just that then they're nagging like nobody wants to be nagged whereas if the emails themselves and we keep saying this one of our core mottos at email marketing heroes and everything we do is the emails themselves need to be valuable so you can soft teach the points. Of, so if your consumption sequence was four emails long, I'm making things up, but right? If it was just four emails long, take the four points that your free thing or your course, your paid thing, does, sells, teaches, I mean, teaches, and teach them that that thing is important. So let's say for us, it was um, thing one, thing two, thing thing, thing three, it's hard to say thing three, thing and thing four. In the first, e- in the first, very first email, you'll go, here's the thing. In the next email, you're going to go, do you know what's really important when you're doing X? Thing one. You've really got to get thing one done. Thing one's like really, really important because, and here's the reason why thing one's really important. Good news is, thing one is taught completely on page two of that ebook you've already opted in for. Nothing for sale here. Click here. Guess what happens? Goodwill just went up. You didn't come across as a nag. And they feel like they made a good decision because you're solving this problem. But guess what? Some people didn't care that much about thing number one. Some people didn't download the the freebie or buy the course for thing number one because some people want to, th- want to solve thing number two, three, or four. So all you do is the next day, for the people who didn't consume it yet, turn up and say, do you know what's really important? To have success with the thing you want to have success with. Thing two. Thing two, really, really important thing guess what? It's on page 22 of this thing, or it's 17 minutes, or it's in module four of this thing. So more, I totally agree with you, like 100%. These emails should not be naggy for my, for my money, right? They have to be re-encouraging, reselling people on the core things that, that you achieve through that thing. Yeah. Well, I just want to add, I, I agree, but I want to add too that like, if that was your problem and you have a paid course that solves that problem as well, pitch the paid course in that email as well. Like build a relationship and get them to buy more stuff. All the same email. That's interesting. So would you have like two links? Would you have like, here's the download for the thing you want. But by the way, if you want to do this faster, better, whatever, here's the thing. Yeah. And like do like a pitch for the course. Like, hey, if you're interested in, you know, going deeper, there's only so much I can put in a free offer, but I do have this paid offer. And if you want to get in on that, here's the deal, right? Send them to your sales page or your webinar or whatever it is that you're using to sell that. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it comes down to, um, 
like we always say that email should never be used as notifications. When you get an email from Facebook saying you've been tagged in a photograph, you never read the email, do you? You just read the subject line, you know, all you need to know, and then you go and look at Facebook. Uh, and I think that like uh, email serving as notifications, like you haven't looked at the thing yet. You haven't looked at the thing yet. You haven't looked at the thing yet um, are obviously, are obviously dull. And I think for me that the solution to that, along with what Kennedy said, is to weave them in as much as possible with the style of your everyday emails. So our emails typically have a story of some description, a lesson of some description. And then what we always call an offer, what we really mean is a call to action of some description, whether that call to action is go and buy this thing or go and look at that thing over there that you've already bought. So I think it's easy to make that call to action, the offer, be go and look at the thing you've bought um, and then wrap it in. One of the points I think to raise on this that I think is interesting is we recently had somebody got in touch and said, hey guys, I, look, I know you email every day. I'm not sure if something's gone wrong in the system, but I've received four emails today. And we were like, no, nah, it can't be true. So went and had a look and actually it was just because she happened to fall into a, into multiple tracks that were running uh, simultaneously with a new consumption thing that we'd put in place to get people to consume a free thing. And so as a result of that, she'd received an email to go and look at a free thing. She'd received two emails about the actual offer that was closed closing that day, uh, one of the few places we would send two emails in a day about the same thing. And then a fourth email that was about something else, which I now forget. But that happened just because the problem is we, we started off with just having one track of emails that was like our engine, as we call it, where we, we sort of sell people through our stuff. Um, and then we had, we, we just added in this extra track and suddenly that's now four emails that happened to fall on one day for a percentage of people. And that, so that needs to be looked at. So I think it's one of those things where every time you do anything like this, you just really want to zoom out and just take a look at where people are at in that because uh, it's easy to make that mistake. Well, then that's, I'm just going to add. So that problem was happening with me and I actually used my autoresponder software to make sure that wasn't happening with, yeah. um, with actually custom fields. So I, I put a date and time of when they last get a certain email and then I don't send it again if they got it within a certain time frame. So that's one of the ways that I've technically solved that problem. Because, you know, I'm a geek. So. So, oh, tell, tell us about that. Tell us about that. What, me being a geek or me using custom fields in my autoresponder? Oh, we know you're a geek. It's all right. <laughs> we're fine with that. We love that about you. That's why we're friends. But tell us about the custom fields thing. Oh, well, custom fields. So most autoresponders have where, like, you can add a data field to the customer's contact, right? So I use it for a couple of things. But that one email I was telling you about right in the beginning, it's like, hey, you know, here's the thing. And then the, another email that comes 98 minutes later is like, did you get the thing? Right. I don't want to spend, you know, my whole day sending those to people who opt into like three things in a row. Cause you know, there's those people who just like come get all mm. your free stuff. And so I have a field in there that sets the date and time right after I send that email. And then before I send another one, like all my sequences are set up to say like, Hey, did the person get this kind of email in the last three days? If so, don't send this, right. It's in the, um, the structure of the autoresponder. Mm -hmm. I also use it to calculate lifetime value. So anytime you buy from me, your purchase goes into the lifetime value custom field. Um, and then I also have your last purchase date and your last uh, last click through date. And now you guys know all the data I'm keeping on you if you're on my email list. So yeah. Monica Zuckerberg. <laughs> yes, Snyder Zuckerberg over there. <laughs> I mean, I, you guys know, I like, like previous to becoming a digital marketer, I was in business intelligence for the Walt Disney company. So like, bring me the data all day long. Like, so <laughs> I, I yeah. And then I use it to make decisions in my other, um, sequences. Right. So if you get, if you spend a lot of money with me, you get different emails. If you Regency, um, it's an old school one. So Regency, Regency it's not Regency frequency, Re recency and money. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that's getting super geeked out on. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's the, the classic. The classic. I love that. Um, what have we got? Any uh, anybody want to anyone want to weigh in on this? Let us know in the chat as well your thoughts on this idea of forcing people not forcing people encouraging people to consume rather than just getting on with selling them the next thing the interesting impression i get from the comments is that it's quite a split between i think a lot of the comments are sort of talking from a perspective of how they like to be marketed at and it's a bit of a split between people who just think oh just let me get on with it and people who say that they want to go through this um it's interesting there's a lot of discussion around once people put some kind of investment down and usually the higher the investment so the initial investment for a free thing is the investment of an email address and that's no mean feat like that is valuable that is currency these days right but i think for the next level of like it's 37 dollars for maybe like an slo type front end or something like that or going up to like a multiple thousand dollar thousand pound um program Usually, the more you pay, more somebody pays, the higher the consumption. But you'd be amazed. Like Rob and I have both got both got experience, extensive experience selling two to five grand. I don't, I don't think I'm higher than five. Have you, Rob? No, no. Two to five grand thousand dollar programs, and again, consumption of these things sometimes still no. I mean, we sold in my previous business, we sold a $10,000 package, like a cocaine package and could not get the person to answer the call. Like literally he wouldn't respond to our emails. He wouldn't do anything. So now we're like, do we keep his $10,000? Like it was really a weird situation, but yeah. yeah so, so don't be surprised if that happens to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that sort of speaks to Regina's point about, um, you know, free trials and stuff like that. Are they a good conversion strategy? Well, again, like, my my point of view is they definitely can be, but you've got to be you've got to dial in that offer. Like if the offer and Todd Brown tomorrow, like he is like the man when it comes to offers. That's why we 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 somehow managed to get him to come and speak at the event and take some time to do that. Uh, yeah, like uh, the offer is like the thing. Like test the offer, make the offer work. Like all you have to do is go all in on it. We have this phrase which is you take the thing you want to do, and you take what you do is you you sit it in the chair opposite you right you sit that thing in that chair opposite you you take off your hat you kick off your shoes you stare the thing in your face in the face and you say i am not moving until you bloody work and that's what you have to do like you have to just figure out because you know free trials must work and therefore if your offer is a free trial and it's not working right now guess what you just haven't figured out how to make the free trial work like the offer is not the, like that, that part of the offer and that's only one part of the offer as todd will talk about tomorrow but that's only one part of the offer so you haven't figured out the rest of it. That's all it is. Um, well, and then during a free trial, so I did this with software previously, like consumption is everything. Because if they're not, and in software in general, any sort of SaaS definitely needs a consumption sequence because if people aren't using it, if they aren't getting into it, then they, they're not going to be paying for it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I think the big, so- the big key thing here is that um, both can work and you have to make it work in your style. And you have to obviously like everything. You have to make the words fit in your mouth. You have to make it feel comfortable for you as a sender. Um, like there's definitely stuff in the past where Kennedy's thrown together the idea for a consumption thing and sent it to me. And I said, this is going to come out with my name on. I can't send it. I'm going to have to put your name on it. Cause I just wouldn't, I don't feel, I can't send those words with my name at the bottom and have it feel like it's legit. So we'll have to just do it that way. And that's okay. Um, 
So I think that's really interesting. And I think you have to do what works for you. I think either will work and you just have to test it and give it a go and see what you're most comfortable with. And it is also going to depend on circumstance. So SaaS memberships or software membership, any of those things definitely have a, you know, definitely have a, a consumption sequence. Free trials, again, have a consumption sequence. Um, the rest of it, do what you want. Yeah, and I love what Monica said about you can do both like you can have a consumption sequence for your one-off course or one-off program but it, it can simultaneously or the free gift even but it can simultaneously offer that upgrade of you downloaded this thing here it is by the way if you want to go deeper on this if you want to go faster if you want to go smarter whatever uh, then then here's the advanced level of that or the next level of that i think i think that's such a such a smart idea and i don't think it's something we're doing so that's that's awesome free coaching session for robin kennedy yeah thank you very much to our coach and your you guys coach me all the time so i'm happy to repay <laughs> the favor and i i mean i think that that at the end of the day it's like what works for you and your audience like how much energy and effort do you want to put into it and what is the return on that and that's why i mean you'll be hard pressed to find me not selling an email because hello that's what it's there for in my opinion then to build relationships i like relationships and revenue they go together so there we have it. What a great conversation. And, uh, you know, as you know, as you've just heard, reheard, as you now re-know, I've got some like obscure, uh, quite controversial views on the consumption thing. But I thought mm. that was such a good debate. It was. I, I'd really like to know what others think of it. What do you think? As you're thinking about it now, as we're sort of musing that through your brain, what do you use consumption emails? Are you using them? Do you think they're a good idea? Will you use them? I would really, really love to know what you think because it's a definitely a double-edged sword. And I think some of the ideas and applications that we talked about in that discussion around using the consumption emails to upgrade people uh, and stuff, I think are absolutely great. What do you think? How do you do it? What are you doing right now? Tell us over in our Facebook group, which you can find by going over to Facebook and looking for the email marketing show community. Now, if you enjoyed that conversation, we've got a whole two-day event coming up really, really soon, just like the event that that conversation was taken from. And it's packed with amazing speakers. It's a full two-day event, fully online, fully live. You can register for the entire thing totally free, attend the entire thing totally free, and devour the entire thing totally free. I think you said it's totally free. Let's get into this week's... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Robert. No idea why this one worked. It's not uh, no idea. Just woof, comma, woof, question mark. There you go. Woof, comma, woof, question mark. It was a, a story about dogs and uh, an email about about barking. Uh, so you should go and I, I don't know. I don't know why it worked. There's no clever reason. I literally got to the end of the email and because we always write the emails first, went up to the top and went uh, woof, woof. There we go. <laughs> Type that in. That'll I think do. it's because it's not a sentence. It's like what is he talking about? It's so like there's no context. It works a yeah. treat distinctly high click-through rate from that there you go this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week thank you so much for listening to the whole show this week it really means a lot if you haven't already make sure you drop us a review on your podcast player it genuinely helps us to reach more people with the show so got your podcast player leave a lovely review we might even read it out on the show and if you haven't already hit subscribe on your player we'll see you next week